I can't afford to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today, for the first time since April 14th, 2022, please welcome Mr. Rich Richmond. Hello, Rich. Hi, Pat. Hi, Rock Solid fans. How's everybody doing today? We are all doing- I say that like it's live, like they're going to answer. <laughs> yeah, you, we have to record as if it's live, like they're listening right now as we talk. I certainly sure. do that. I pretend like people are listening right now. Yep. Now, Rich, last time you were here, we did a Afghan wigs episode, two hours and 20 minutes, a deep dive into your favorite band. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I got a lot of positive feedback from the Afghan wigs community as well. A lot of people uh, tuned in and loved it. And of course, pointed out every little mistake that I made, like, oh, this didn't happen then, this didn't happen then. But that was a uh, it was a lot of fun and uh got to love talking to the community about that stuff. Of course. That's what that's what uh that's what assholes do, Rich. They point <laughs> exactly. out uh, all your nitpicky mistakes. Uh to those people I say, you know, uh get off the couch, put the video games down, get out and see the sun. Yes, exactly. Uh, touch the grass. Now <laughs> touch the grass, please. <laughs> now, Rich. Yes. The reason you're here, I mean, you would probably have been back anyway, but the reason you're here right now is because since then, many, many things have happened to Rich Richmond. Yes, that is true. Um, and, and that's why, Rich, I'm calling this episode, much like I did with Murray Valariano, I'm calling this one Rich's Broken Heart. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Rich, tell folks... Uh, why we're so happy to to see you uh, smiling and sitting up and talking and living. Tell us, Rich, what happened to you? Well, I appreciate that. And um, it's unfortunately not, uh, I'm a healthy surfer guy and just had a, a condition that was found. Um, I went through quad, quadruple bypass surgery. That's um, four. That's four. It was, that, it was technically the, five. Go ahead. It's technically it five it's blockages, okay. but they bypassed it with four bypasses. How many? What's the most you could have? I don't know. That's a great question. I I, I don't know. All right. But you had um, four, and that's a lot. Technically it's a five. Lot. Okay. It's, uh, the bypass, I think four is the most bypasses. I don't know how many clogs you can have. But um, yeah, four, it's it's the big dog. I mean, heart quadruple bypass, they call it a cabbage in medical terms. Um, and I guess brain surgery, those are the two big ones, your heart, your brain, you need both yeah. of those to keep going. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, scary stuff. And Rich, tell everyone how old you are. I will turn 50 on September 22nd of this year. So to have this done at 49 years old, is, is it safe to say that maybe you were not living your best healthy life? I, yes, I would say that. Um, it's interesting. My um, I'm adopted, so I don't know any of my medical history. Okay. And um, my doctors all said that they there was probably a pretty big element of genetics in this. Okay. But yes, I, I've I've been overweight most of my life. I 
don't make the most healthy decisions about eating. Um, I do exercise. I've re exercise regularly my whole life, but in terms of my actual physical BMI and the things that I put into my body, it, it hasn't been great 50 years. <laughs> okay. And, and what about uh, smoking and drinking any of those things in your life? Um, I do drink uh, alcohol. I'm a craft beer fan. Sure. Um, not much though. I mean, probably three a week. Um, I was a smoker for about 10 years, but I've been a non-smoker for 16 years. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to get a, a health history here. Just, sure. <laughs> just, just for people out there yeah. who might be listening and might be thinking, huh, maybe, uh, maybe I should get checked out. What uh, I, everyone should get checked out. <laughs> everyone should get checked out. <laughs> yes. Were you are you a guy that would go to the doctor? Yeah, I'm not one of those men that are like, oh, I don't go to the doctor ever. Um, I go to the doctor all the time. Um, I go to my regular checkups. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm if something's going on, I'm in the doctor and I'm also there for regular preventative stuff as well. Now, have you without seeing you in person, it, it looks like you're a little uh, slimmer than the last time I saw you. Could that be correct? I would say that is correct. Yes. All right. And um, how did this problem present itself to you? Did you have an incident? What happened? Uh, that's an awesome question. So, um, like I said, I, I do walk every day. I exercise every day. I use uh, Apple Fitness. Um, but I would... Over the last, I would say even six months to a year, I just started noticing like my walks were harder. I was getting tired. Um, we have a new puppy and, you know, taking her for walks. I just assumed like, oh, well, she's walking faster. I'm walking faster and I'm getting older. I just kind of assumed that, you know, being more tired and the walks being harder were just age. age. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. And then I did start getting some discomfort in my chest, um, especially right. like walking up a hill or, you know, strenuously exercising. I started getting some discomfort in my chest and, you know, it persisted like every day if I was walking up a big hill, I get to the top of the hill and I was like. And what is discomfort right. in your chest exactly? Is it you're having trouble breathing? Is it an ache? Is it a pain? It was it was like a tiny somewhere between a sharp and a dull pain, if that makes yeah. sense, like right in the center there. It wasn't like it was, you know, I didn't have a heart attack. It wasn't shooting down my left arm or anything yeah. like that. But um, with physical exertion, I was out of breath more than I normally would be. And I just had a pain, like literally right in the, right in the Iron Man right there. And and then you'd, uh, thank you for the Iron Man reference. I appreciate it. Of course. And then you would say to yourself, eh, I'm just going to go home and have a cheeseburger. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> uh, because look, I, I just want people to know, I feel, you know, I have a regular checkup. I'm, uh, I don't feel I'm overweight and I exercise, but I also eat, uh, I also eat the crap. And, um, yeah. and I've had, uh, I've had the you know, triglycerides have been high in the past and then I would get it in gear and then cholesterol a little high and then get it in gear. So, I mean, I, I, you know, no one's perfect. We all, we all think we're invincible. We all like, yeah. the, well, I, I'm this old, but I don't feel old, you know, but the body is, you know, there's wear and tear there. So things yes. will happen no matter who you think you are. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yep. Um, and w eventually I, I, 
had a regularly scheduled doctor appointment and um you know we kind of went through everything else did the blood work blood's okay i am on some medications whatever but everything was in line and i kind of told the doctor i was like hey by the way this is happening and he said okay he's like well um let's have you do a stress test so that was the next step i went and did a stress test and what is a stress test what do you do so yeah get on a treadmill they hook you up with all the heart monitor stuff and um you walk into until exertion i think it's something like you have to do a minimum of seven minutes and you have to get your heart rate to based on your weight to an x of x number okay but then once you hit that, they want you to keep going because the the longer you can go, the better the reading is going to be. So basically, you're on a treadmill for a minimum amount of time and a minimum heart rate, but then they want you to go to exertion just to get the most accurate test. So I did that test. And, you know, I feeling like I would feel. I felt sweaty and out of breath, a little yeah, discomfort. Sure. And I, you know, I asked the nurse, I was like, well, how's it looking? She's like, well, I'm not, tra- <laughs> you know, I'm not trained to read this. She's like, but... <laughs> I'm not calling 911. And I was like, right. okay. I was like, have you ever called 911? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. I was, I was just going to say, I wonder if anyone's ever had a heart attack while doing the stress test. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And she said, she said they have that it's happened. Oh my God. Um, That'd be awful. It would be so scary. Um, but I, I, I did fail the stress test. So they send those results to my primary doctor. I failed. And he said, okay, the next step is um, to have an angiogram. Okay. So angiogram is they run a camera up your arm into your heart and look at your heart. All right. Are you awake when they do that? You're in that, you're in that twilight zone. So you're, you're awake, but you, you don't feel anything and you kind of don't know what's going on. Uh, That sounds, that sounds painful. I know you said it wasn't, but that sounds weird. It, it was definitely weird. And like, I could hear the doctor and I could still, you know, I'm laying in like this metal room and, I could hear what was going on, um, but it, no pain or anything. It was right. just you're kind of in that in that twilight period. Did um, did did you hear? Did anyone say hello, Rich? My name is Saint Peter. Welcome. No, but when we get to the actual <laughs> procedure, I've got some. I got some crazy stories there. Oh but, boy. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Angiogram time. So Let's angiogram, go. and I hear the doctor. He was like, "Well, mark this, mark this, mark." Like, like that's what I hear him saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of it means, of course, at the time. Um, but that's kind of what I hear him saying. He's like, all right, move it here, move it here. And I guess it's like just moving around in your heart. Like crazy, a camera. I know. I'm like, what is happening? So after that was done, they take you back to your recovery room. And um, you know, my cardiologist comes in with the results of the procedure, and he has a he has a picture of the human heart. Okay. Um, which he puts up on the wall and he and my cardiologist's bedside manner wasn't the best. Uh, oh, don't you hate that? That's the worst. The <laughs> no the bedside worst. manner is awful. Yeah. Um, and he basically starts marking up the heart. He's like, okay, you've got this here. This is 65. This is 65. Uh, 75, 85, and that's And that's how much blockage there is. It is. Okay. And he's not really explaining this. Like he's literally like 65, 65, 75, 85, 95. And you're thinking, oh, that's all passing. 65 yeah, I'm passing. Like, you know, my wife's a math teacher. So 95 is great. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, what does this mean? He goes, well, these are the blockages. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, and I was like, well, can you explain this a little bit? He goes, yes, these are blockages. This is block 65%. Oh this God. is block 65. This is 65. This is 75. 
85 and this one's 95 and he like circles the 95 yeah like a like a crazy mad scientist he circles yeah. it yes and so my wife you know being very pragmatic and very like she's like what does this mean he goes well it means bypass surgery right away we're like okay yeah i mean there's so, no i mean my, there's no there's no other decision that you don't even talk about it you're like all right so how yep. quickly does it happen after he circles the 95 like a maniac Yep. So we had actually had, so my son was living in Florida and working for Disney at the time. And we were actually scheduled to go the next week to visit him for a week. And um, he said, you know, basically we'll schedule an appointment next week with a cardio uh, thoracic surgeon. He'll take a look at everything. He'll get you scheduled and probably get you surgery in two to three weeks. And my wife, Rebecca, says, what if we just stay here? And he's like, you can stay here and see if we have something available. Um, so he goes, he gets the nurse, and uh, eventually she comes in and says, uh, we do have an opening tomorrow. Um, the surgeon had a morning quadruple bypass and an after, uh, late afternoon, and they were going to put me in the middle. And they now, said, let, me, were, let me yeah, interrupt. Please do. Um, Rebecca. Yes. Okay. First of all, I'm right with Rebecca. Like if I'm told this in the office, I don't even want to go home yeah. because I'm not, I'm going to be afraid to do anything. Even though I've been doing stuff when they tell me I have these blockages, I, I'm going to be afraid to do anything. Yeah. So, uh, I'm glad you got in there that quickly and bravo Rebecca. Yes. So now you don't, and now you don't even have time to think about it much. You're just like no oh. time to think, no time to worry. No, all right. Well, tomorrow I'm doing a little this. time to worry. Little time. Yep. So, uh, so do you go home or do you, for the night? No, you stay nope. right there. Nope. So the surgeon comes in and he says, um, kind of tells us what he's going to do. He said, "Okay." He goes, "You've got these five blockages." He goes, "This 95 is the biggest concern." He goes, "95 is close to 100." He goes, "At some time in the near future, that's going to become 100 percent." That's going to stop your heart. It's called a heart attack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we're like, okay. He goes, and he explained. And so for people that don't know, if you're a little queasy, you may want to skip ahead a, a few minutes, but basically he says, we're going to take a vein either out of your leg or your arm. Yuck. And <laughs> we're going to literally attach that vein to your heart and bypass all five of these blockages. He goes, it's called a quadruple because I'm going to do four new vein bypasses. One of them is, is taking care of two. Okay. So the, uh, okay. So they bypass the blockage, <laughs> but the blockage is still there. Blockage is there. Stays. They stays in there. Stays in there. It's in there. And, and but it doesn't matter. Cause now there's no blood flow to it. Yeah. And that can't hurt you. It can hurt you. True. Wow, I never knew that. I never knew. Like, I felt like they just cleared the blockage out and did some, I don't know what. I'm nope, not a they, doctor. They literally bypassed the blockage. Now, where did they take the vein from? <laughs> sure. Um, so they ended up taking it from my leg. So so then, then the next step was they checked me in for the night. They're like, all right, we're going okay, well, to admit you. Hold on. You just say leg okay. like it's no big deal. Do you have a scar on your leg? I do. Mm -hmm. And is, is that did like a, is that like a, did you have pain in your leg after the surgery? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can imagine that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Not as bad, not as bad as the pain here, but yes, there is, there's, there's pain in the leg. And there still um, is? No, no, not anymore. Okay. How long did that pain in the leg last? In the leg, two weeks. All right. I want to paint a picture for people who sure, no, yeah. might have this done and, and are worried, like, oh, I'm going to have pain in my leg for years. No, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, and, yeah. Uh, do they crack you open? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and yeah. how, how big is that uh, chest incision? I can feel it. All right. So. About 18 inches? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, six inches, maybe. But this comes in handy when we're describing other things. So I I, 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 I err on the large. Sure. Um, okay. So you're saying <laughs> about six inches? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that's, I mean, substantial, but not mm-hmm. crazy. It's not your yeah. neck to your belly button. Correct. Uh, okay. And how much pain do you have in there at that time? That That's bad. And that lasts for the full recovery time. Uh-huh is um it's technically a year but the actual like when they say you're clear and ready to go um back to 100 is 12 Mm -hmm. weeks um and i would say that i had significant pain for four to six weeks okay and then pain for six weeks okay and how what's where are we at in the recovery right now how many weeks out since the surgery are you right now we're we're five months out All right. So it was back in March. How are you feeling? uh, Like if I was to say, are you 100%? Are you 80%? How do you feel right now? Uh, 99. 99. Mm -hmm. Can you touch your chest? It doesn't hurt. I can chest it. It doesn't hurt. I don't like to because you can feel the the scar. (laughs) The scar. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to be, you're putting anything on the scar to diminish. Not anymore. That's how it is. Not anymore. It's done. Um, Yeah. It's. It's good. It's Are you good. a hairy chested just, guy? Yeah. So that's covered. It's covered up with the man fur. It's, I mean, you could still like, it's there. It's, it's obvious. Like if I were to go to the beach, like it's, it's there. And then you also have two division symbols where they had these giant tubes stuck okay. into your gut. Okay. And would those go so away eventually? I doubt it. I mean, they're right. it's still there. Looks All like right. an Ed an album. <laughs> it's uh like an edge here now my leg it um what was uh i had another question and it slipped my mind i don't have questions written down i, I just no, that's that's fine I'm just i mean we can go back and i can i can go through the Swing surgery it. if you find that uh, compelling oh, radio i got it i know i know did they um did they wire your chest shut like the the yes like they did for murray yes and that wire and stays in there it does yep can you feel that no, 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 no. All right, cool. Um, so how has your life changed since the surgery? What's different about your day-to-day living? What can you do? Um, what can't you do? Or what shouldn't you do? I mean, you know, I, I, I should and have uh, changed my diet significantly. My doctor had me read a book called How Not to Die. Um, spoiler alert. The answer to how not to die is to be a vegetarian. Um, so and I don't know if you've ever read that book, but uh, I do recommend it to everyone. Um, it basically says how not to die from lung cancer. And it describes what lung cancer is, how it right. affects you, and how becoming a vegetarian will help it. And then it goes to heart. Right? I mean, it goes through like every ailment of modern society. Um, it's very science-based, but 
like the answer to all of it is to be a vegetarian, which I am not yet, but we are having preliminary discussions to move. Um, there are a lot of plant-based, uh, I'm not a vegetarian, but I do eat plant-based meat from time to time because there's a lot of stuff that's good. Um, Certainly. Impossible Burger is not a, a burger. It doesn't taste like a burger. I don't care what people tell me. It's not a burger. But you'd rather live. <laughs> I, I, w- I would rather live. And I, now, you know, go ahead. keep going, keep going. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, for the for the actual surgery, like, um, if that's okay to talk about, I don't know. Is Everything. Good. Okay. Talk about anything. Um, the you know the surgery itself. You know, so they checked me into the hospital, and that, I won't go into all that. It was it was a very scary night. Let me tell you that much. Um, my wife was able to find a flight to get my son from Florida. Um, the folks at the Disney company were, you know, as soon as he told them that his dad was having surgery, heart surgery the next day, they're like, "Go, go home." And how old and, is your son? Uh, he just turned twenty. And see, now that's a scary thing for someone at any age, but a 20 year old who has to fly home because his dad's having surgery, his mind is probably racing. He's probably thinking that you're not going to make it. Yeah. All right. Keep going. And they, they knew ahead of time, like we had told him like, Hey, something's going on with dad's heart. He's going to have an angiogram or everything should be fine, but we're very open and honest with our kids. So they they knew what was happening along the way. So you know, he's coming home. My my daughter, who just turned 16, she's obviously home. But so the morning of the surgery, you know, everyone's there. Like, you know, I, you know, my, my brother's coming in, my brother-in-laws, my, my, my in-laws, um, my wife and daughter. And then eventually my son walks in the room and that's when I just lost it. Yeah. Because you know, I hadn't sure. seen him for three months and, you know, he'd come home. And <laughs> so that was pretty emotional, like seeing him and you know, so everybody's there and this is the day of the surgery. Like it's scheduled for one o'clock. And like I said, my surgeon had one in the morning, then me, and then another dude. Um, so they're doing all this prep stuff. Like nurses are coming in and do, doing all this stuff. And, you know, honestly, Pat, like a lot of people are like, well, how scared were you? My mind was so like, it just turned into like a checklist, like boom, 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 boom. Right. This is what has to get done for me to have a chance at surviving. So um, is that Pilar? No, it's uh, it's Rita and her friend. Yeah, cool. Um, so eventually they said, Hey, the, the guy before you is taking a little bit longer. Um, but you know, we still anticipate getting you in today and okay. whatever, whatever. So, so eventually the time comes like, this is it. They're, they're taking you back and they're like, okay, your immediate family can go with you as far as they can, like they'll take you to a certain point where they have to go to a waiting room and then we take you back to prep. So they're wheeling me down. Um, I'm start sobbing. Like, I'm just like, that's when the, the fear kicked in. I'm like, this sucks. Now, by the way, for anyone listening and is, is, is thinking in their head, Hey, when are they going to fucking play music? Calm down a second. We're yeah, talking about we'll life and death situations. We're going to get to music. Calm down. And good songs. Good songs too. I'll, 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 I'll make it quick. But there are no, two, no, no. I don't two... know. I don't want you to make it quick. I okay. want to get, I want the nitty gritty. I want to know. So okay. um, at this point, are you like, you just want to be put under so you can just get it over yeah. with. Just yeah. give me the, give me the stuff. Put me out. Yeah. Um. Do you have any parting words for your family? Like, are you, cause for me, I'd be like, well, what, I mean, if I don't, if I don't make it, I'm not even going to know because I'm, I'm under, I'm not even going to know. So do you, yeah. Do you 
I mean, I don't want to be morbid and I don't want yeah. you to tell me if you, what you said, but did you, did you have like, Hey, if I don't make it, you know what I mean? Did you have those kind of moments or did you just positive the whole way? We, we were working under the assumption that we were going to survive. Sure. Um, of course. The, the doctors and everyone said that they, they can never call this surgery routine because it's major, major surgery. Yeah. But because of uh, the standard American diet, which they call SAD, mm-hmm. um, it's this surgery is so commonplace now, um, and the survival rate is so high. Um, they basically told me, based on my blockages, my age, and what they were doing, it was like a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance of survival. All right, well, that's um, that's great. So that's we're that's, that's, we're working on the assumption that yeah. Dad's going to be okay. So right. we're just, again, we're all kind of like in checklist mode. Yeah. And how long is the surgery? How long does it take? Four hours. Four hours. Okay. Not that long. Doesn't That doesn't seem yeah. that long. Yeah. You put a Lord of the Rings movie on, the next thing you know, dad's out. Yep. And I've never had any surgery. No broken bones. Nothing. nothing. Like I've never been, I've never even been under. Um, well, I had my colonoscopy scheduled, but it, it, it got postponed for this. So I've never, nothing. <laughs> Well, no, I th- never, well, I think you're all in now. I don't think you ever have to have another surgery then because you're, you've done yes, the big one. I'm done. I'm done. Forget surgeries. it. Yeah. So they get to the point. They're like, all right, your family has to leave. They're going to go in the waiting room. Um, and every 30 minutes, there's a nurse that's scheduled to give them an update every 30 minutes. All right. That's great. So they all say goodbye. And then they wheel me back. They wheel me back into the prep room and. There's two nurses in there and they're like, oh, and they, they tell you everything, like very specifically what's going to happen. They're going to shave my chest. They're going to get me prepared, um, sanitize everything. Anesthesiologist comes in and he says, uh, you know, here's my job is to keep you alive. He goes, so I'm going to give you medicine in this room to relax you. Okay. He goes, and you're still going to be awake, but you're going to start to relax. He goes, then we're going to take you to the OR and we're going to give you the medicine that put you to sleep. Um, he goes, now some people are allergic to anesthesia. He goes, I'll be able to tell that by this thing that I'm going to shove down your throat. He goes, if you are allergic, we stop the surgery. I give you an antidote and give you another anesthesia. I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> that sounds incredibly scary and complex, but right. he's like, are you, he's like, are you ready for all that? And I was like, no. Yeah, no. I'm like, no, yeah, exactly. No, I'm not. No, I'm not ready for any of this. So a little bit later, the anesthesiologist says, All right, Mr. Richmond, I'm going to give you the medicine to help you relax. And that's it. That's the last thing I remember. That's, all. that's good. Until after the surgery. Like that's I fine. he said that I would remember going into the OR. I remember him saying, I would give you medicine to relax. That's it. That's all. Now, apparently, yeah, yeah, it is good. Now, apparently, they wheeled me into the OR, and um, the doctors and nurses said that I was talking about Star Wars. (laughs) I was talking about Taylor Swift. (laughs) I was talking about movies. All right. And then they said, I, and they were very specific about this. They said, um, I asked if we were in an operating theater, and they're like, well, it's the operating room, but yeah, we call it an operating theater. And I said, are there people above us watching? And they're like, do you mean God? And I was like, no, no, no. Or is it an operating theater? Are there like, people like above students, us watching like the students. surgeries? 
Yeah. And they're like, they're like, no, no, no. I was like, is this a teaching hospital? And they're like, it's not a teaching hospital, but we do have residents and interns, but no interns are in here. Yeah. And they told me everyone that was in the room. And I was like, so there's nobody above us watching. And they're like, they're like, no. And they said they just didn't get it. And I said, and I, and I said, good. I don't want anyone to drop a junior mint into my chest during the surgery. Oh my God. Seinfeld. Did they, they get the every, whole, did they get the reference? Most of them did. They said everyone that got it, they said the whole operating, you know, everyone in the operating room just busted out laughing. Like I'm under, I don't remember any of this, right? but I apparently set up this really long sign. You're doing your best material while you're under. Yeah. He's um, never been funnier. I've never been funnier. Never been funnier. <laughs> yeah. So literally the next thing I remember is kind of being in this fugue state, definitely not awake. My eyes are closed. I'm in like yeah. kind of this fugue state, but I hear a nurse talking to my wife and they, kind, you know, I can kind of hear that like everything was okay. Um, everyone can say hi to him and then we're going to take him to recovery. And then when he wakes up, you can come back. So I, I hear my brother and again, I can't see anything. I just feel yeah. it. And I know my brother says something to me. I don't know what he says. My daughter comes and says something and she leaves my son and then my wife and she's talking to the nurse and I start writing on my wife's hand. Okay. And my wife says to the nurse and I hear this, the wife's, my nurse's name is also Rebecca. And that's confusing. Yeah. She says, my wife says, I think he's trying to tell me something. And the nurse is like, well, that's weird. She's like, no, he's, he's writing something on my hand. She's like, uh, and she's like, C H R. And she's like, maybe Chris. He's got a, his best friend's name is Chris. Maybe he's trying to say Chris. And I slapped her hand and I started spelling C H O C K I. I was choking. Oh, wow. And I'm telling Rebecca that I'm choking. And she's like, I think he says he's choking. And the nurse is like, oh. And sure enough, I had all the saliva and she had to, she had to vacuum me out. Wow. That's scary. Yeah. No one likes then, that feeling. And like, to uh, me, this is like the craziest thing ever. Like I'm tell, I tell people the story and they're like, well, that's weird. And we've never heard of that before. But like, I just don't know how I had the agency to know I was choking. Yeah. And to figure out, to tell Rebecca it in such a way that they communicated it. Right. Wow. Um, so then after that, um, they pulled it out and I woke up and I started the very long recovery process. But those were the two craziest things is me setting up this giant Seinfeld joke <laughs> and then and then almost choking to death immediately after surgery. Now, you you had a goal that you wanted to reach because you uh, you had an event uh, planned with your daughter yes. and you wanted to be able to do that, go to that event. Yep. and tell people what that event was. You yeah. So as soon as they told me the surgery was happening, I, I realized that my vacation to see my son the next week was not happening. I said, I'm not going to Florida. Am I? And the doctor's like, you shouldn't. He's always, he goes, you could, he goes, but you don't want to be in Florida and have a heart attack. And I was like, fair enough. Um, but and then my very next question was my daughter and I have tickets to see Taylor Swift. Um, Am I going to be able to go to this concert? 
Because in my mind, because we don't really know anyone. My dad died of a massive Wait, heart attack. You think you're going to uh, be like sleep. maybe laid up for six months? You don't know. That's exactly what I thought. I was. Yeah. I thought I'm going to be a vegetable for six months, yeah. and then like another six months of like, yeah, being on a walker and stuff. Yeah, a burden to your family for a year. Yes, and the doctor was like. He's like, no, he goes, you 100% should be able to go. He's like, he goes, you might need to sit down during the concert. He goes, but he goes, you know, pardon, you know, outside of any major complications. But he said, yeah, he goes, because the concert was about 14 weeks away. Okay. So he's like, he's like, yeah, you should be able to do that. And he goes, in fact, he goes, it's good to have a goal. And I was like, that's the goal to get to see Taylor Swift with my daughter. And so, uh, you obviously made it. You went to the show. How did you feel during the show? Did you have to sit down or did you feel strong? No, great. It, it's amazing, Pat. Like it, when you're in your mindset that for six months, you're going to be laid up. But the day after my surgery, they have me walking the halls in the hospital. That's, that seems insane. <laughs> it it was insane. And I didn't go far, but like every day I went further. Yeah. And Despite the the pain. So, you know, they they cut you open. They crack your chest. Yeah. The doctor pulls your heart out. And he actually said, he goes, you know, I know what I have to do. He goes, but I have no idea what I'm going to do until I get in there. Yeah. He goes, it's more art than science. He goes, I actually have to look at it. He goes, I know where the blockages are. He goes, but I don't, until I have your heart in my hand, I don't know what I'm going to do. Wow. And I was like, okay. So, yeah, they ended up taking the vein out of my leg and doing doing the bypass and putting it back in. And then they wire you shut. Um, and he said, any pain you feel, he goes, is from the surgery. He goes, your heart is, is fine now. He goes, your heart, you've got new clean veins pumping yep. blood and the medicine that you're on. He goes, but you're going to have a lot of pain for a long time. But he goes, it's, he goes, remember it. You're, it's not your heart. It's your chest. All right. That's good. And it is, it's pain. It is severe pain you're on the heaviest of painkillers it it sucked for how long did it suck that that chest pain at a, at its highest intensity was like four to six weeks and then it then it just started feeling better um that's a and lot. it took me four weeks before i was able to get out of bed on my yeah. own like i i was mobile i was taking walks around the block i was doing all of that but because I'm overweight and with the severe pain, I just couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. So Rebecca literally had to get me out of bed. And about five weeks after the surgery, I just like willed myself one day to get out of bed. And then again, everything started getting better. But so, this pain, Pat, is so intense. Like so just, for oh. those four weeks, when you have to get out of bed, you got to go to the bathroom. So do you need help then up off the toilet too? Nope. I was able to, I was able to get out of right, the chair, good, get off good. the toilet. The only the, thing I couldn't do was get out of bed. Okay. You spared your family that. Yes. 100%. <laughs> um, but, but poor Rebecca, I mean, she, you know, we had, I had to take medicine every two hours or whatever. So we had alarms set and, you know, and I'm almost 50 years old. So I have to go to the bathroom <laughs> at night. And, yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, it. So she, you know, she's a saint. I love her. I would not have survived this without her, but yeah, it was, it was a process. Are you a good patient or are you a complainer? I think I was pretty good during most of this, but I'm not a good patient. I'm I'm pretty whiny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think maybe men in general might be whiny. Yeah, for sure. They, they turn on their baby switch. Um yep. well, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other so 
Um, have you lost weight since this? Yeah. So about 14 pounds total. Is there a goal? Did they set a goal for you? Not, not really. Um, you know, the goal is to change your nutrition. He's like, you know, you're already genetically predisposed to have problems. And again, he said, we think a lot of this was genetic, but then a lot of it is cheeseburgers and previous smoking and all that. Um, so the goal is nutrition because you, what you don't want is for the clogs to start up again. Right. Um, so th- that's the main goal is to just switch up your nutrition and losing weight should be a byproduct of that. So, so my, my personal goal is to get down, uh, to two twenty five. right now I'm at two fifty three. I got, I mean, look, I'm, I gotta be honest. I'm looking at, you don't look like a guy that weighs two fifty three. Right, thank you. And I don't feel like a guy. My my heaviest ever was three ten. Wow! And that was that was that was years ago. Um, I got down to my lowest was two forty, which was a couple of years ago. And now I got back up or whatever. And so two fifty three now with a goal of of, of two twenty five. Um, to put it into eating, perspective, how tall are you? Five ten. Five. Okay, so that's a lot. That's a lot on a five ten guy. Yeah, 30, 34 is my BMI. So, all right. Which you know, the funniest part is, like, I, I'm sure you see pictures of my family and whatnot, but you know, you got Rebecca and I, and then we've got these two blonde hair, blue eyed, skinny as rail kids. Skinny as rail kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my my son's body mass is actually three percent, and his doctor is constantly telling him like, we need to find a way to get this up. You need um, to, you need to eat all the stuff your dad's not allowed to eat. Yeah, it's gain weight. It's so funny, and of course now I'm, I'm a freak about it. Like I'm like constantly telling my kids, like you don't want this to happen. And to all the listeners out there that are still listening, <laughs> promise we're gonna play music. But still listening, you're a man, still and you're still listening. listening. You don't want this, like you. And I'm sure Murray would say the same thing. Like don't want it. I'm glad that I had it, and I'm glad that it made me be alive. But God, you don't. Oh, you do not want to go through the surgery. Yeah, if you can avoid any major surgery. Yeah. Please do sometimes. And look, look, it's good that they found it. And you didn't, you weren't out walking the dog and keel over. Yep. Which, like I said, it would have happened late. And, um, and you don't want to be that guy who gets a a new uh, kidney and he's like, ah, now I can start drinking again. I got a new kidney got brand new. I can just keep what? No. So, um, all right. Well, this is all good stuff, Rich. I'm so happy that, uh, that, uh, you stayed in the hospital that night and that it, um, not happy that it happened to you, but I'm happy that the outcome is, uh, we're talking and we're going to play some, uh, some heart songs. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. And how are, are your kids still concerned about it? Are they, is your family like over, like asking you still, like, how are you feeling today? Are you okay? Do you feel good? Is there any of that going on? A little bit, but, um, you know, they, they're, they're modern kids. So they, they internalize a lot. So sometimes we have to pull stuff, <laughs> right. we have to pull stuff out of them, but um, I think they're to the point where they know, like, I, I want to be here. I want to be alive. And Certainly. now that we're kind of over this, like we're, I think they give me the side eye if I do have the occasional cheeseburger, but you know, like last night I, I had a cheeseburger, but I had half of it and I'll probably have the other half tomorrow, you know, cumulative. It's probably bad, but like, I wasn't consuming the 900 calories last night. You know, I was, right. I ate some, I had a salad and you know, we're, 
we're making smarter decisions and i think they they know that i'm 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 in it for the long haul and that's that's the that's the best you can do yep that's the best you can do so okay if you're listening out there and you're feeling like hey i'm 510 and i weigh that much and i'm i have a little pain at times you know go go to the doctor yep have, have it checked just peace of mind yeah and be honest with your doc i i hate those dudes because i have so many of those men in my circle yeah. of life that you know never go to the doctor and all this yeah me and too that. and i'm like I, I i just i don't get it i don't that whatever it is that mass toxic masculinity machismo whatever it is that and i, I think what it is is fear fear yeah I think that's the bottom line. Um, but no, go to your doctor. If America sucks for insurance and all that, but if you have insurance or a way to afford it, go to the doctor, be preventative and be honest with your doctor. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more afraid of not knowing. Like I always want to know. Oh yeah. Like I had an MRI on my knee two weeks ago. I thought it was torn meniscus. I'm like, I don't want to have meniscus surgery. Look, and that's nothing compared to what you had, yeah. but I don't yeah. want to have it. And then I had an MRI and, and it was just uh, some tendonitis. So I was like, oh, oh. and you know what? The next day I, I didn't have knee pain. I don't know if that's up here, <laughs> but I was like, cause I was so like, cause people were telling me sounds like meniscus, you know, people who aren't doctors, Right. Sure. <laughs> my brother had that sounds like you tore your meniscus. I'm like, fucking a no. Yeah. And so yeah. Tendonitis the next day, I didn't even feel any pain. So it's crazy. You know, yeah. Get the peace of mind. Yes. All right. Here we go, Rich. Rich's broken heart. You got some heart songs. They're yeah. not. They're not about. Um, they just have heart in the title. Yes. You yeah, might sure. be. You might be able to tell us how these relate, or maybe it's just I love this song. Who cares? Yeah. And now I'll, I'll jump in with a few throughout. Perfect. Perfect. What and it, last thing I want to say on all this is thank you for connecting me with Murray. Like that was great. Like having somebody else to talk to that's been through the surgery and. Um, you know, just having somebody else to, to relate to it, uh, was, was very helpful. And, uh, Murray's been great through it. So and did you guys actually talk well. on the phone or just text? Just, just text. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And if, look, if I, if, uh, if there was someone else I knew in my life that you don't know at all, I would still go, oh, you should call Rich or you should call Murray. Yeah. They've had it done. It's a great community you've built. I mean, besides Twitter, let's get everybody over on threads, but. It's a great community you built, and I, I I've got some good friends from out of all this. So, no, oh, that's good. That's what I like to hear. And uh, yeah. yeah, all good people, all good people. Yes. All right, except for Aaron Khan. Except for Aaron Khan. <laughs> <laughs> that's, now that's not true, Aaron. You know that's not true. You know that's a joke. Look, that's a shout out, Aaron. Yeah. All right. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Uh, what's your first song? And uh, I have them in, you can call out whatever you want. I have them in the order you gave me, but I can play whatever you want. 
Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and we'll kind of go in the order. I think it might tell a story. So um, right. I thought we'd start with a little Moby. Um, I'm a big Moby fan. I think this dude uh, is able to create some, just some swell beats. And um, I love the fact that he at one point leaned into commercialism and made that one album play. That was literally just songs for commercials, like intended yeah. to be for commercials. Like, yeah. Um, I think he's a talented dude, but he's got the song called Why Does My Heart Feel So Bad? Um, it's a jam. And I think it kind of starts the story. Like, that's where I was like, why does my heart feel bad? <laughs> so, right. And I would uh, take this one from the top if you can, but it's a uh, Moby. I think I queued most of these up right before singing starts, but here we go. Perfect. Does my heart feel so bad? Why does my soul feel so bad? Why does my heart? Does he just keep repeating that throughout the song? Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a sample. I think the, um, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the band? Uh, the Banks brothers. I think that was, that was the sample uh, okay. that he uses on that. I just love that singing. I love that song. And a lot of Moby songs are like that, where it's just kind of, that. it's good. Moby's good background music. Yeah. When you're doing your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Now, uh, in regard to age and surgeries and stuff, like uh, a friend of mine, uh, Chip Chinnery, who's been on the show, he had a hip re- he had hip replacement, and that's uh, that's not life threatening, but uh, certainly he had to have it done because he was having pain in his hip, and uh, he's all recovered and feels great now. And awesome. uh, but there's you know there there you might have aches and pains that need tended to that aren't life threatening also. Yep. Edward, Edward Van Halen had hip replacement too, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think he might have had double, you know, he's doing yeah. the All jumping the and everything. Kicks. Yeah. yeah. Um, the split kicks, exactly. Yep. And that's a, that's how Chip also hurt his. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, uh, I have friends that haven't had like a checkup in years, no blood work in years and oh. years and years. And my one friend got mad at me. He's like, yeah, I haven't been to the doctor in years and years. And I said, oh, well, when you go, that's going to be a doozy. And he was so mad that I said that. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you haven't been there. Do you think you're immune from everything? Yeah. You're not living your best life. Yeah. You're starting at zero if you have to. Yeah. When you go, you're starting at zero. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I don't want it to be bad. You know, I want to be proven wrong, but be prepared that something's going to show up. Yeah, totally. All right. What's next? What do we got next? All right, so we go from my heart feeling bad um, to uh, fixing my heart, and um, I picked. And this is okay if you didn't get my timestamp, but I picked "Kickstart My Heart," and I thought we'd hear it at the end to avoid the uh, 
the vocals and all the bad guys. <laughs> um, but, you know, Motley Crue, as problematic as they are, at, at one point in my life, this was one of my favorite bands. Um, Dr. Feelgood was, was an album in my life. Uh, I was 16 when it came out, like, and all that. Um, it kickstart my heart and maybe a little bit on the nose, but uh, it's a fun song, even if you, even if you hate the crew. So Look, I just picked uh, kickstart my heart by Motley Crue. The crew's pro- problematic. Uh, I call them uh, junkies, uh, spousal abusers and murders. Um, I don't want them in the rock and roll hall of fame. I think they're more famous for the antics uh, off stage than on. However, Dr. Feelgood, probably their best album. In yes, my, I would the, agree. The debut is good too. Yeah. But Dr. Feelgood came after two albums that for me are unlistenable. <laughs> uh, Theater of Pain and Girls, Girls, Girls yeah. have a couple songs, but as albums, not good in my opinion. Girls, Girls, yeah. Girls, it's not even really an album. I mean, it's got that that live Elvis song. Yeah, and it's, like... uh, it's, got, it's got two amazing singles and then nothing. Yeah. But... Um, I'm with you. I think the first album, Shout Out the Devil, are, are classics. They're great albums. The next two are crap. And then, and then this Dr. is Feel this Goods. is definitely a reboot for them, big time. Yeah, it's and, good. Uh, and I mean, it's got everybody on it, like Steven Tyler and Sebastian Bach. And, trick. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a great album. Yep. But, uh, you know, I'm out of love with the crew now. But this song does, get, you know, get me going. It kickstarts your heart. It does, and uh, I did not get your uh, I did not get your notes, so it's uh, it's from the more from the top. That's fine. Here we go. By the way, Rich, there's no way Vince Neil has a clean bill of health to go on tour. No way. There's just no way. No and way. This is what this kind of angers me about people that have uh, money. Yeah. Is he has he has enough money to have a chef bring him six meals a day that are healthy. He didn't even have to cook it, and he could have a trainer. He could pay for a trainer. He has the means, and you don't you don't need to have money to be healthy and get in shape, but. He has the means for it to be much easier for him than it would be for me or you. Yeah. If someone brought me the six meals that were healthy every day and they're like, you eat all this, you're going to lose weight and you do a little exercise and this and this and this, and you're going to be good. And um, I, I, I can't believe that this guy hasn't had an incident because well he had an incident well yeah he killed a dude. That's true. That's true. But they say when you hold most of that, body fat in your stomach that's where the heart attack comes from yeah so i saw him live <laughs> recently yeah well a few years ago uh right right before the pandemic he was uh uh opening for sammy hagar and okay. um i mean he, he wasn't good his band is great so his band at the yes. time and i think currently it's like 
the two dudes from Winger, like and, and, and then Cheney. Yeah. Now my that drummer is a monster. My friend Lisa, her sister is married to the drummer. Shut so up. She, so she calls me and she goes, "Do you want to go see Vince Neil tonight?" And I said, "No, no." <laughs> She goes, now wait a minute. And I'm like, what? And she's like, no, my brother-in-law is the drummer. And he's an amazing drummer. Drummer. And she tells me his name. She goes, you've never heard of him. I go, I'm sorry, I haven't. She's like, have you ever seen him? I'm like, no. She goes, okay, don't, don't watch any YouTube videos. Just, I go, okay, I'll go. Certainly I'll go to the show. And so we're, we're backstage. Okay. We're backstage. I'm, I'm watching the drummer from the side. I'm watching. And this guy is crazy he kicks the cymbals stands and drums throws the stick it's like but doesn't miss a beat yep doesn't miss a beat yeah and then and vince is not good <laughs> barely good and then he walked through like he didn't even say hi to us he walked through the green room just like it's like 1989 dr feelgood vince neal and it's not it's not at all but well, he had like, to get to the buffet yeah the, he was at the height of his powers with Dr. Feelgood. He was lean. They were, they were all clean and lean and uh, Bob rock producing. Right. Yep. And just killing it. And, th- and he still thinks he's good. Yeah. And he's not, he sings I saw that word. tour. I saw the Dr. Feelgood tour. And then I've ironically, I've seen Vince solo twice. I saw him open for Van Halen on the balance tour. Um, and even then he had, a, he had Steve Stevens in his band. Yeah. Yeah. Who, get this Steve Stevens. This is a true story. Opening for Van Halen, Steve Stevens played, who's an incredible guitar player. Yeah. He played Eruption as his solo opening for Van Halen. That's a ballsy dick move. I was like, what is happening? And was, did he play it well? Maybe, maybe competently, but, you know, it doesn't have that. The feel. EVH. Exactly. You like, don't know the feel of the guy that wrote it. He starts playing it and people are kind of looking around like. Okay. That seems, I mean, Steve Stevens has been on the show. Super nice guy. I love the guy that maybe back then he was feeling frustrated that maybe he wasn't getting his due as a guitar player. So he's like, well, I'll show these guys that I can play what that guy plays. He's got his due. He's a great guitar player. It was just, it was just funny. It was just weird. Yeah. That is weird. Okay. What's up next? Yeah. Oh, awesome. So I, I thought this was an important song to play. So, um, Steph Anderson, she's one of my best friends in the world. Um, and she actually is the person that introduced me to this podcast. Well, wow. So, Thank you, Steph Anderson. Yeah. So many, 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 many years ago when you were with, uh, he who shall not be named, um, you know, podcasts were just popping up and people are like jumping on, like finding what podcasts to listen yeah. to. And uh, at the time, Steph and I were working together at uh, Apple, and um, she's like, "Oh, you got to check out this. It's produced at the time by Never Not Funny, and like Pat's funny, and they're going through music." So uh, Steph got me into the podcast, and I've I've been with you ever since. Um, and she's a musician on her own right. She primarily does wizard rock, and yes, not yes. wizard rock in the in the traditional term. She like actually plays songs about Harry Potter. <laughs> What's the, what's um, the, what's her, is it the Tonks? What's it yep. called? Tonks and the Oars. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, but then she did do a solo album that was uh, non uh, Harry Potter, non fan based. Um, and it's great. She's got an incredible voice. Uh, 
her voice reminds me of uh, Bethany Cosentino uh, from Best Coast. Um, it's just got a unique, a unique style to it. She's a killer guitar player. So she has a couple songs with heart in the title. So I picked this from her debut solo album. And I tell everyone to support uh, indie artists. Yes, please do. Okay, this is Artificial Heart. Like a metronome, we just heard that line in the song. We did very cool. It's very uh, cool. Um, first time I picked up on it. Well, Wonder Voice is incredible, but first time yeah. I picked up on it, she's a big Marshall Crenshaw fan, and I feel like that sounded like a Marshall Crenshaw song. Yes, absolutely. I've I've been um, listening to Martin Martin. Who's Martin? Martin. <laughs> Marshall Crenshaw uh, exclusively for the past like two weeks or so. He just re released Field Day remastered it's on vinyl yeah. it's on cd bonus tracks and i'm hoping he'll come back for a third go round, and we can go track by track through that steve cool. lily white produced album uh-huh. uh, this episode is being recorded july 23rd sunday it's going to drop this thursday so that's a quick turnaround for me quick turnaround. episode 719 unbelievable wow i know it's crazy and i've listened to most of them and I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> yep. anyone who still listens and still enjoys it and still gets uh, some stuff out of it. And that's why I like to have a show like this where we have uh, Rich Richmond on and he's telling about something that happened in his life that people can uh, relate to because maybe they know someone that's had this done or maybe, I mean, I don't want to be a weirdo and say this could be a life-saving episode, <laughs> but maybe it could be. Maybe, maybe someone listens and is like, you know what? I'm going to go to the doctor next week because- I'm feeling like Rich just described, and I've been putting it off too long. So, Mudford's got all that free health care up in Canada. He should be at the doctor every day. That guy's skinny. He's probably not. He's probably fine. <laughs> yeah, he might, he might, I'm he sure might, he is. He might be a vegetarian. I don't know. <laughs> or he's eating moose burgers every day mm. up there in yellow. Probably, probably a lean meat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do we got next? And that was a great song by Steph Anderson. Thanks yeah, so much. She, she she's killer she's on tour right now um so this next band i'm sure no one's ever heard of but uh if you like this song i uh tell you to search them out so the band is called staggering statistics they're a local band out of cincinnati um the reason i know them and love them is the bass player is john curley from the afghan wigs uh this is his first post afghan wigs project um they've released a couple of albums um you know, one of the things I love about the Afghan Wigs is the bass playing. I mean, John is an incredible bass player. He's got this groove. He's just got this, he's just got this sound that, you know, too often bass is buried in the mix. People are listening to the guitar, listening to the vocals, listening to the beat. Um, but I, I, I love bass as an instrument, uh, especially when you can hear it. And I think you'll be able to hear it in this song. But yeah, this band is called Star- Staggering Statistics. And this is something I'm glad didn't happen. <laughs> the song is called Heart Stopped. Okay, here we go. 
heart stopped, my heart stopped, my heart stopped. You hear that bass? Yeah, Just whenever you when so I good. when you can actually hear the bass in a song, it hooks you in. Yeah, it does. So much. So uh, good. S- since our Afghan Wigs episode, they had a new album and you got to see them. Oh yeah. Were you do you know people in the organization where you can get in for free or yeah. meet the guy? Nothing like that. Nothing Being like on that. this podcast didn't help with any of that. Well, it I got connected with their manager and we did a lot of texting back and forth and she wanted me to make sure that I was promoting um the podcast in the uh fan group on Facebook and all that. So uh, a little bit of that, but no, I've never had any kind of and I mean I know John Curley personally. We're not yeah. we're not friends, we're acquaintances and he'll say hi to me at a show. Um but no, nothing like that. When I did see them, they did a meet and greet. I paid for the meet and greets. Um, and it was one of the most nerve wracking experiences of my life. Um, but I did get to ask Greg Dooley a question and didn't pass out though. I thought I was going to. (laughs) You're that starstruck with this band. 100%. I mean, we, we got to see the sound check and then they kind of put us, uh, in a circle and then Greg came out and sat in front of us and we were able to ask questions and I'm just like. (laughs) <laughs> this is before my surgery. I'm yeah. Surprised I didn't have a heart attack, but I was just like, I mean, he was right there. Like that's amazing. He was right there. <laughs> I uh I use uh I use this show to get as much free stuff and fun stuff as I can possibly <laughs> get. I just yes is coming, I think in October. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I had I had John Davison, the lead singer on. Nice. And in the past couple of years, I've had Steve Howe and Jeff Downs. So I immediately I get the PR release. I immediately contact them and I'm like, yeah. "Hey, I want I want I would love to be put on the list plus one, and if I can say hi to the guys because I've talked to three of them, that would be great." And they came right back and said, "You're on the list. Got you down, and uh, we'll check into seeing if you can uh, meet the guys." Nice. So yeah, so I'm very excited. Now that meeting them might not happen, but right. I, I had to put it in motion because because uh, I have to. Because yeah. whenever I interview them, I'm always like, hey, when you come to town, I'd love to say hello. And of course, they always go, yeah, for sure. Of course, but they, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see you. But yeah, there's, um, there's very few people I'm like superstar struck from. And for a band that's not like a superstar band, but to me, they are. They and mean like, something to you. Yeah. They mean something to me. And I, the question I asked him, um, he's the only non Dave Grohl person to play on the debut Foo Fighters album. Um, and I just, I asked him how that came about and it was, it was great. Cause he kind of, when I asked the question, he just kind of leaned back and smiled and I, yeah, I just felt like good he was question. Like probably remembering like, great Oh question. yeah. Like he said, you know, Dave was recording the studio next to me. We're, you know, we're friends we started messaging. Uh, and he just invited me over to hear the music. He's like, I don't even remember what song I played on. And I was like, it's ecstatic. You play on ecstatic. It's awesome. <laughs> and, um, he's like, yeah, he's he is that it's great fun. And he's like, good memory. And I was like, all right, good question. That's a cool a good question. Yeah, I thought so. I hate when people just what was it like when you know whenever yeah. Cheap Trick is interviewed and someone goes, What was it like to play Budokan? I'm like, it was just a fucking show for them. Yeah. They were just they were just playing in Japan. They didn't know there was gonna be 
a live album that would change their course of their career? They didn't know that. I hate that yeah. question. Hate it. Me too. All right. What's your next uh, song? Next up, we should have a double shot. I'm wearing my vintage Weezer shirt today. Is that one of your favorite this? bands? It is one of my favorite bands. Um, I've been with them since the beginning. Uh, and, you know, you know, Weezer is a contentious band, even among the Weezer fan group. Um, they release so much music and some of it is so good. Like the Blue album and Pinkerton are just perfect albums with 10 out of 10 songs. And some of them are just not so good. But I, I think the the volume of great stuff to not so great is 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 high. And I, I genuinely believe Rivers Cuomo to be a genius. I think there's stuff going on. And he is like he, you know, he's Harvard educated. Um, he does a lot of computer programming, a lot of uh, stuff like that. He's got this algorithm that creates set lists based on what people are listening to in the cities they're going to. Um and I, I I I just love the music. I love the band. Um, been with them since the beginning. Um, so I thought I'd wear this cool shirt that I've had yeah. since nineteen ninety five. No, it is a cool shirt. I would. Um, <laughs> I think I would. I think I would rather have my favorite bands release albums like every year, every year and a half, yeah. and and maybe be inconsistent quality wise than to wait five years to have a classic. You know, yeah. In 2000, we had a classic album, and then we didn't release another one until 2000. I mean, I don't want to wait that long. Yeah, there's going to be nuggets that I might like that other people might not enjoy, and maybe I'll like all of it. Who knows? A lot of bands that I love, the albums that are sometimes deemed not their good album, might be one that is my favorite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, what's your first of two? Heart songs from Weezer. Um, so we've got double shot. The first one is called uh, Heart Songs. Pretty self-explanatory. And I, I love this song. Like, this is one of those songs where they're kind of dialed in with the melody. And I... From I the Red Album. Who produced the Red Album? Do we know? Oh, my gosh. I don't. I'm sorry. All right. It's, it's okay. Because your next song was produced by Rick Rubin, I believe. Yeah. Where, where's Kyle? He's got to look that up for us. I know. And that's that's <laughs> what we need. We need the kid. Uh, maybe he'll move back to LA sometime. Maybe him and the wife will uh, change their minds and uh, leave New York and come to the sunny coast. Uh, Rick Rubin and Jackknife Lee uh, produced this album. The red, the red, the red album the red was album. produced by Rick Rubin and Jackknife Lee. That's what uh, that's what the internet is telling me. All right, I believe it. All right, this is called Heart Songs. In the lake at the break of the morning A cat named Stevens found a faith He could believe in and Joan Baez I never listened to too much jazz But hippie songs could be good in our pad Eddie Rabbit sang about how much he loved a rainy night Aberdeen open a were there the day John Lennon died Great song. So good. 
I love any song that lists things. <laughs> I'm all in yeah. on that. Yeah. And it's fun. I mean, Rivers has got a great voice. I mean, it, 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 Weezer isn't for everybody, but like when you really listen to it, like the dude's got a great voice. He he knows a hook. He knows a melody. And um, what I love about that song, like I love those lists too. And everybody has that list. Like yeah. everybody has a list of songs, like your go-to songs that just instantly take you back to a certain feeling, a certain emotion, a certain time. So yeah, it's just, that's fun. All right. Fun. Let's do the next one from the album. Make believe. Yes. Damage in your heart. Um, just reminding myself that there is some damage in there. I got to take care of it. All right, here we go. I think you and I are similar and probably a lot of rock solid listeners. Like when you listen to songs, like some people just listen to music passively, but like even just listening to that clip, like I'm thinking one, how great river's voice sounds. And then when he's like doubling his voice and they have kind of the background vocals, he had those little pinch harmonics in there on the guitar. Like it's just, I just love that shit. (laughs) Like I love like when there's like that, I mean, that's a simple song, but there's like so much going on and all this complexity and like just the melody, like these, these people, these music, I have no talent. I have no talent at all. And these people that are able to construct these songs like Legos in their brain and make something so just beautiful come out. I I love it. Love music. Well, you do have talent and I have talent, but it's not in these things. Like when you were saying that, that your, your, your surgeon, uh, didn't he knew what he had to do, but he didn't know what he was going to do until your heart was in his hand. Okay. Now that's something that I'm never going to be able to understand. A guy that has knowledge like that, yeah. that can do something like that. Now look, maybe around the house, that guy can't set up his DVD player. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Not. He has to call yeah. a guy in, but I mean, everyone has their things that they can do. That guy just happens to be able to do that which is crazy. Yeah, right. I'm looking at my favorite band, which is cheap trick. I just wanted to see if they had any heart songs. They got three. They got heart on the line invaders of the heart and twisted heart. Two of them are on the same album. Oh, cool. Two, two heart titles. Let me play a song. Yeah, none of those it. are on my list to play. I'm going to do, uh, what am I going to do? Well, let's do this one. Billy Squire from emotions in motion. This is Listen to the Heartbeat. Sometimes I wonder, think I just can't stand no more. Can't see me by myself. What it is I'm looking for. 
there we go. There's a track from me. Listen to the heartbeat. I know nothing about Billy Squire. Had you not told me who it was and play that song, I would say, oh, this is Billy Squire. Like, <laughs> like you know, that voice. Yeah. Like, and again, like, I love, like, when that bass came in, I was like, like, yeah. I just love, you know, somebody is like in the studio or when he's writing that song, I was like, all right, we need to do this bass now. We need this drum to sound like this now. And, and then it just sounds so cool. That's the thing about songwriting that I don't understand where Billy Squire gets sole writing credit on a song like that. But I'm like, well, did he come up with the drum part and the bass yeah. part? I mean, like Rick Ocasek has sole writing credit on 99% of all car songs. He didn't come up with a solo. He didn't come up with everything. I'm yeah. sure some, I'm sure Pete Townsend does. He comes in with a fully formed demo and he did everything. And who else did you say someone? Uh, Trent Reznor. Yeah, the, yeah. These Obviously, that's do. coming right out of his brain into a computer. Right, but but you know, these other bands, it's a it's a collective. I always think. Yeah. And how much work does the producer do? Like, how much did the producer say? Okay, now you want the bass to come in and right. do this. But. I mean, they're they're crafting a song. Sure, you wrote the lyrics and the melody, but then there's so much else in there. I, I agree with you. I mean, yep. more more people should be getting credit for their stuff. I think I that's agree. I think that's what makes bands break up. Yeah. Um, all right, what's next? <laughs> this had to be on here, right? Um, extreme. You know, this is a you know, I went through my 80s kind of metal period, and there was so much garbage and so much that I didn't like. And I think that's what eventually led me to being an alternative music fan. Yeah. But at the time, you know, this kind of music. You know, when I was 14 through 16, like this, this was the music. This is what was on MTV. This is what was on the radio. Yep. Um, and some bands were better than others, right? And I think Extreme was one of those bands that were better than others. You know, I first found them. At, uh, they had that song on the Bill and Ted soundtrack that was crazy. Um, and I think those first two albums are just just fun. Nuno's a, a monster. Gary's a great singer. Pat's great on I mean the whole band's good um but this song I mean you know outside of more than words this yeah. is another just monster hit song that shouldn't be a hit song but it's so good um but I picked from uh extreme second album uh porno graffiti grown um wholehearted <laughs> here we go know why i never got into extreme i don't know uh 
I like the singles, but then when I get into an album, it's it's too eclectic for me. It's too adventurous. It's too. I don't want to say it's all over the place, but it's just like I can never get. I can never grab yeah. hold of like. Uh, and, and I mean that means they're great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. but that was that was the reason for me back in the day why I couldn't. Maybe I should go back and revisit, but that's the reason. Apparently, their new album is fantastic, but I, I agree with you. Even on the second, the first album was kind of straightforward. Yeah. Um, There's a couple songs that straight up ripped Eddie Van Halen off. <laughs> uh, the second album started to get into that where it had like Decadence Dance, which is just this crazy rock song. And then it had more than words. It, had, it was all over the place. Yeah. And then from there, they, I agree, they just kind of went, uh, I think, off the rails. But it, there's definitely gems in there that you got, I think you can pick and, and choose and they're they're just great like the vocals are great the guitar is great yeah. but i'm with you i was never like a huge fan outside of like these first two albums and a couple of songs here and there afterward but you are a van halen fan yes of course did you get to see van halen with gary i did not um i and i don't even remember why they they played here they played the I pointed down the road because it is literally right down the road. The outdoor venue or down here, I, I probably had to work. Um, okay. is the is the only thing I can think. I I do not because starting with uh, the fifty one fifty tour on, I saw them on every tour except this tour, and it wasn't it wasn't a a decision. It wasn't yeah. like, I mean, that album is what it is. But um, and and all all accounts are that was one of their best tours ever. It was really good. I did everything. See. Yeah, because. They didn't utilize him properly on Van Halen three. They didn't. Um, I think Eddie took too much control and that's why yeah. it's kind of a mess that sh maybe should have been an Eddie solo album instead. Uh, and they should have just, I don't know, maybe started from scratch with and let Gary do what he does with in the band, but yeah. the tour, he could sing everything. He could sing Dave. He could sing Sammy. He could sing, a couple of the new songs that they did and it was it was great it was really great and i'm so bummed that they never at least did another album to see right. where we could go but we'll never know yeah, i guess eddie and alex were like on fire on that tour too i think eddie might have been sober for that one yeah. i don't recall but yeah i mean i watched the videos and I, they even did like that professional recording i think it was from like an australia show yeah and they and showed that on mtv great it's just great eddie, Eddie's hair is gorgeous. He's got a turtleneck on. Looks amazing. I miss Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a blow. It's a blow to the, the music community. Yeah. What's coming up next? All right. So I had to, I had to get some Phoebe Bridgers in here. Phoebe Bridgers is my... Um, she is now my favorite female singer of all time. Um, you know, the, my, my mantra for music is do not just listen to the music you listen to in high school most of the music i listen to is is current music although i definitely go back and revisit the classics from the bands i love but you know just discovering new music leads you to places um and it led me to phoebe bridgers who i now just uh, adore um and she's everywhere like you'll find her everywhere from her solo albums to boy genius the super group and so she did this band with connor oberst of bright eyes um the band was called better oblivion community center uh, they did one album and a short tour. Um, I'm a pretty big Bright Eyes fan as well. He's got a great voice, but just the two of them together. 
this album is killer. Um, and I found a song that had heart in the title. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, and I, I just, I just wanted to get some Phoebe Bridgers in there. I think once you hear her voice, like, I think, I think you get sucked in. Um, so this is better oblivion community center. Uh, the song is big black heart. Here we go. Rich, uh, Phoebe takes the slot away from uh, Taylor Swift. I would say previously my favorite female singer was either Kay Hanley from Letters to Cleo or Alanis Morissette. Um, I do love, obviously love Taylor Swift, but in terms of just the the voice itself, um, those were probably my two favorite females. And I still love them, obviously, but just something about Phoebe's voice and just their songs too. Like it, I just, I'm just lost in it. Like it's, it's fabulous. Um, there's a, there's another song in this album. It has nothing to do with hearts, but I recommend it to you and everybody else. There's a song called Dylan Thomas on this better oblivion community center album. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's just, oh, it's just, <laughs> just great stuff. <laughs> Let me ask you: When you and your daughter went to Taylor Swift, uh, you guys had pretty great seats. We did. How did you get those seats? You know, we, we you know, the Swifties would call it the Great War. That was the the war against the Master, the Great War. Um, uh, my daughter skipped school. I hope no one from the administration is listening. But um, we all got we got the invites to get tickets and. We just had a bunch of computers going. So I was here in the command center. Um, Emily was on her computer. My sister-in-law was here. And then my son was at school, but on his phone. And my wife was working and on her computer. And we were all just, we were all just trying to get it. And right. funnily enough, the people that um, ended up, so we got tickets to both Cincinnati shows. And it was my daughter with her account on her crappy, like 15-year-old Mac. <laughs> she got through <laughs> um and then i got through um on one of my computers but on my son's account okay. um and her tickets were pretty good but it was my son's account that got the the uh the front row tickets um that's amazing how many front yeah. row tickets three three and who went uh to that show it was me and emily and uh my sister elizabeth i mean the front row for any show is incredible, but that must've been, were there seats or did you have to stand? There were seats. All right. Um, 
and she's doing like 35 it's an amazing amount of songs 44 songs and her voice holds <laughs> up there's no trickery she no. can do it you can tell and people you watch that video where she gets in a fight with a security guard and people are like oh well that proves she's lip syncing it doesn't she has eight backup singers and what you hear are the backup singers and she's fighting with a security guard but then also singing um and i'm not saying there's no trickery there may be some processing or something going right. on like sure. at the soundboard level but no she she's singing and you can tell and being that close there are a few times i mean i have a picture where she's pointing directly at me um she she's singing and i think you know what she's doing she's playing every weekend so she has a whole week off yeah um, and i think she's just she's just giving it her all every night and and you hear like you hear some mistakes and that kind of stuff sure. so I, that's how you know but yeah i mean it's far and away the best concert i've ever been to and i've i've seen everybody i've seen van halen i've seen the yep. who i've seen them I've seen them all, Guns N' Roses. I, well, you're far and away. This is the best concert I've ever seen. And again, I've only seen her on the Red Tour. That's in my top five concerts. And what I tell people about this Taylor Swift is you pay the high ticket price, but every single cent is up on the stage. Yeah. Because you pay, when I would pay a high ticket price to see, you know, Van Halen, it's uh, four guys on stage. They, they have a, they, there's barely a, a show involved they're playing the songs dave's jumping around and they got a they get a big screen but nothing it's just them on the screen for the people who can't see yeah who you named another band what other band did you say the who yeah i mean look they're they're legends but they're just them on stage yeah no and it was this this is a this taylor swift show is an experience it's getting you're getting dancing and, and and everything so the first show we saw uh was the nashville show which we ended up my my wife just got an invitation to buy tickets and it was kind of weird they were like pick a price level and you may or may not get tickets all right so we just picked a price level and about two weeks later we got a charge a ticket master charge on our amex for that price all right um and my daughter and i had avoided spoilers the best we could so we went in fresh like we didn't know how many songs we didn't know how it was wow, structured like really we had wild. avoided spoilers and the first show we saw phoebe bridgers opened um she brought out boy genius for one song and it was i mean my daughter and i were we're crying anyway because it's like the first show after the surgery right it's the you know it's the taylor swift show um i don't know if you remember but we had tickets to loverfest in la that got canceled because yeah. of covid so it was just like an emotional release and it was, you know, us seeing our favorite artists together yeah. and Phoebe Kim's album does a song with Taylor and it's, it's just incredible. The planets aligned. The planets aligned. Yeah. Really? And, we didn't know, and like I said, we didn't know any of it. Like she, you know, when Phoebe Bridgers was playing, you know, it was awesome. And then she kind of comes to the center of the stage and she's like, where are my boys out? And then boy genius comes out and we're like, and they did a song and then during the the red era uh phoebe sings on a song on taylor's version nothing new and, yeah um, she invited her out and they played a song together and if you have the means you gotta go yeah that's the thing like taylor there's there's guests at the show there's things yeah. you know there's 
it's not just here's the set for every show and it's always going to be the same. It's always ever changing and evolving and there's surprises. Rita and her friends are going out here at the SoFi arena. Now they just have the cheap seats, but I'm sure there's going to be gigantic video screens. They'll be fine. No, they'll They'll be be fine. fine. And they're just, they're just excited to be in the room. Yeah. All right. Last night she had the Heim sisters come out. Um, there, it was the first night they were opening and they came out and, um, Eddie Vedder and his daughters were in the VIP tent. Of course. Uh, just cool stuff. Yeah. Cool Heim stuff. is, Heim's opening for her here in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they'll come out and sing the song with her. So yeah. Did they do, was it the, uh, is that the one about Esty? Is that the one? Uh, it's no, it's uh nobody, no crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah, but they yeah, say yeah. S- S- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're All right. right. That's a great tune. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right. What's your next tune? <laughs> you got to love this. And I think this is, you know, for the, the rock solid fans too, but like Skid Row, um, you know, again, during my metal phase, uh, this was a band. I think there was the bands that were good. And then the bands that were bad during yeah. that, during that phase. and. I think Skid Row was one of the the good ones, especially yeah. that second album, Slave to the Grind. Heavy. Heavy. I saw him open for Guns N' Roses on that tour. I saw him open for Bon Jovi on this on this first album tour, but um I picked Can't Stay in the Heartache. Um, this is such a great song. <laughs> Let me uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it up before I start it because I think it okay. starts right in here. I think it does start right in. I saw them on tour with the first album and it was, it was like one of these monsters of rock days. It was in Alpine Valley in Wisconsin. And it was, let me think who it was. It was bad English, great white skid row, and then white snake. Oh, wow. Closing it out. That was pretty good. Um, Yeah. I was uh, first moved to Chicago in 89 when this album came out and I didn't have any money but I would go to the local record stores with tons of big, you know, chain record stores. And, uh, and I would just look through, you know, CDs and stuff. And, um, and they were playing this album. They dropped the digital needle on this record. First song played. I'm like, Oh, that sounds, that's pretty great. Second song. 
third song. I stayed, I listened to the entire, I stayed in the store, listened to the whole album. And I went up and I'm like, what is this? What did you just play? It's new band Skid Row. And I, I know I couldn't afford to buy it, but I bought it. Because that's when CDs were still pricey. Yeah. And like um, 24 99 or something. It's crazy. Yeah. It was easy, yeah. like 16 99 or something, but I'm, but I bought it and uh great album. Really one of great my faves. Album. Yeah. I saw them. I was, I guess, Bon Jovi's New Jersey tour. Um, and I, I hadn't bought the album before that. And then I went out and got it afterwards. And, you know, that, that's a band like, why can't those guys get it together? Like I, I get egos and money and all yeah. that, but it's like, just get it together, guys. Yeah. The Eagles, the Eagles tour, they don't like each other. Yeah. I'm sorry. Eagles. I said the, it's just Eagles. Right. Um, and I, I can, can't believe I can't get, uh, Sebastian Bach on my podcast. And he I was, see. he responded to you like a few yeah. times. And yeah. I, and then, and I'm like, look at all the people I've had on that, that, that are you, are you look, I've had Rob Halford and Brian yeah, Johnson. Brian Johnson. Mine. <laughs> uh, isn't this enough for you to know that you can do this show? Yeah. So, so weird. I know. All right. I'll play Sebastian Bach, get on the show. Come on, Sebastian. Uh, don't make me call uh, one of the guys from Skid Row instead. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> Here's a song from the same year, 1989. This is Alice Cooper with, I believe, a little assist from Steven Tyler from the Trash album. This is Only My Heart Talking. Oh, wow. Anybody's dream can fall apart. Anybody's mask can break. Couldn't tell you how I wanted you. Enough to make you wanna stay. I never said the words out loud. Guess I couldn't get them straight. Baby, give me one more chance before you walk away. It's only, 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 only my heart talking. Yeah. But it wouldn't play Cause my heart is talking It's talking Oh baby, it's talking Talking to you All right, Steven Tyler's in there somewhere I think he might have a verse later But that's uh, that's Power Ballad, Alice Yeah, was that album. the album with Poison on it? Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. the album produced by Desmond Child Yeah that's my white whale for this year. Alice has a new album coming out. I'm going to try hard to get him oh, on the cool. show. I love that he just went for it with that record. I, f- I feel like there's a couple other artists that kind of went in with that, like classic artists that kind of went in with that, like eighties, like slick produced stuff. And yeah, they're like, you know what? Well, we, let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's let the kids know who did it first. Yeah. So if this is what we have to do to get our name out there once again, then we'll do it. Yep. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. All right. What's your next song? All right. We're wrapping up here again. This is, you know, this is as straightforward as it comes. The song is called heart. So this band, the weather station, um, again, it just goes to show like finding music people. Like there's so much good stuff out there and these artists need, uh, support. Um, 
most of the music I listen to is is female fronted or a female singer. Um, Tamara Lindemann is the singer in this band, and I don't know much about him. I just started getting into him, but I bought this album on vinyl, and um, it's just great. Like the vocals are great. The I just love finding new music and just finding these artists that are just putting it out there that have this talent. And just I encourage people to find it because you're going to find great bands like this that otherwise you would have never heard of. So, again, this band is called uh, The Weather Station. They're out of Canada. Um, it's just great stuff. All right. The song's called Heart. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we go. I don't have the heart to conceal my love when I know it is the best of me. That's great. That I mean, we're gonna have to do a show later in the year where you just play new artists. You can sure. tell us where you found them, how you found them, all that kind of stuff. But like new, yeah. new, new. I would love to do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right. I mean, cool. that's that's just great stuff. And she, I, I think there's she sounds a little bit like Christy Hind. Not not as seasoned, not as good, but yeah, that kind of style uh, in her voice. Um, it's just great stuff. No, that was great. That was great. Let me dip uh, way back to 1965. Oh, this yeah. is, uh, the Rolling Stones mono version, Heart of Stone. This heart of stone. Oh no, no. This heart of stone. All right, a couple more from That's Rich great. Richmond. Rich, are, are one of these songs going to be the playout song, or do you want me to choose a playout song? Uh if you have a playout song, you could. Um, I didn't particularly think of any of these for the playout song. All right, so I have one now. Up to you. Okay. I got one. Perfect. All right, what's Perfect. next? This may be controversial. <laughs> but i love this song it's a cover song it it, it is a dude doing a, a woman's song and i know a lot of people that are like i know a lot of people just flat out hate this song 
A lot of people don't like this guy. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Which, which I don't get. Like, I don't get it. Like, yes, there's a lot of cheese. And we're talking about Samuel Roy Hagar. Yes. Um, famous solo artist. Also in a little band called Van Halen. Um, Montrose. Montrose, Chicken Foot. Um, HSAS. HSAS, great album. The Wabaritos, uh, Sammy in the uh, Circle. Yeah. Uh, uh, built two tequila empires. Um, yep. This, the, the, might, the, this might be his best solo album. Yeah. It's great. It's fantastic. The dude can flat out sing. Yeah. And I think I, I'm hoping, I noticed you're not actually wearing cans today, but I was hoping like you would say your famous line, like this sounds great in the cans. Cause this album yep. just sounds so good. Um, yep. But I did pick a cover song. This, this is a great version of this song. It's so his singing is off the charts. Yeah. Um, it's peace of my heart, Sammy Hagar. I love it. I, I do too. It. Here we go. Standing Hampton. That's a joke. What, what does that mean, Pat? What is I think Hampton? it means a boner. <laughs> so yeah, that's stupid. He's cheesy. Yeah. He's, you know, well, it's ridiculous. It's dumb. But look, that's a great album. It's so good. And I love when he holds that note at the end. Yeah. And he's like, I just Yeah, I, I work with the work with the kid uh Lucas. He wears a Van Halen necklace every day, and his cool. dad spends uh a lot of the year down in Cabo. Oh. And he nice. goes to the Cabo Wabo Cantina and he I guess he chats and hangs out with Sammy a lot. So I said to Lucas, I go, then next year, 2024, you and I, we go to the birthday bash. And he goes, I'm in. So that's gonna be my trip for next year. Gonna try to get down to that uh, birthday bash. I tried. This was the first year I tried to get tickets, and I I just didn't get I didn't get through the lottery. So I figured that would have been a great fiftieth, yeah, yeah celebration. I think I think according to this kid, even if we don't get tickets, his dad will be able to get us. Dad can get the hookup. Nice. Now we'll see what happens, but that's that's the plan. I guess I should tell my wife that that I'm going to go to Cabo. <laughs> Uh, with should 20, be like okay, Pat. <laughs> with a, yeah, sixty year old man and twenty five year old kid going to go to Cabo. Um, that should be fun. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'm looking forward to that. And Lucas is going to be on the show soon. We're doing a Foo Fighters episode. He loves oh, the Foo cool. Fighters. He loves Van he Halen. He loves the Foo Fighters. All right. Uh, how many more you got? I see two here on the list. I got one. We sk- What's the band begin with? An N. 
You missed, uh, we didn't play the, uh, the beastie boys. Oh, I was thinking you'd play that at the very top. Oh, you know how you do that? You play like a song at the very top. I will do that. This is good podcasting. It's, it's a little fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave it too. No, I'm not going to edit that. I'm only editing out the when we froze. You're right. You did tell me to play heart attack man at the top. Yeah. Which so I didn't I, have a heart attack, but I thought that'd be a, is there a, a specific a part, like a little, like a little sting that happens in that song. Um, I, the, the, uh, the timestamp I gave you was 37 to 43. All right. Maybe I should read my emails a little bit better. <laughs> you always yell at me for my emails. You send me an I email know. and a text message. I know. I know. That's uh, that's the beauty of me. I get angry at people who do the exact same thing I do. That's uh, but you know what? I admit it. I admit when I'm wrong. All right. I love it. Drug a song to the desktop so I don't forget to put that motherfucker in. All right. <laughs> uh, here's your last song then, right? Yeah, this is it. Um, and the reason I chose this is like, you know, I think my songs, as you can see, and my musical tastes are all over the place. Sure, um, that's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, but, you know, Nirvana was the band. I think for a lot of people that I made the switch from, uh, you know, kind of hard rock to alternative rock, although I still love a little bit both. But a classic rich story is my buddy Anthony and I were going to see Queensryche in concert. All right. And, you know, we left school early, obviously, um, to head down to the arena. And on the way, I was like, hey, we got to stop at the record store because I heard this new band. I want to pick up the CD that we can listen to before the show. And he's like, all right, cool. So uh, we stopped by and uh, picked up the first Nirvana album. This, the song we're going to play is from the second, but we picked up the first Nirvana album uh, or the second Nirvana album. Sorry. Never mind. And we sat outside the arena waiting to see Queensryche. So my friend Tony was a, he was into like death metal, dark metal and all that. I was like more into the melodic stuff. Yeah. And Queensryche is where we met in the middle. But we put in Nirvana, Nevermind, and we're just listening to it. You know, this death metal guy, this melodic rock guy, and we're just blown away. And like, I remember my friend Anthony just yelling at the radio. He's like, what is this music? This changes everything. What is this? Who's this drummer? What is this? And I'm just kind of like, like just staring at the radio, like blowed away. And that just kind of changed the trajectory of my life. That album did and got me way into like alternative music. And I think got me into that mindset that turned me into a liberal, turned me into somebody that's still discovering new art and somebody that wants to support art and, you know, just all of that kind of stuff. All um, good things. Yeah. But the song I chose is from the uh, the next album, uh, In Utero, which is a weird album, but still so freaking good. Um, and this song, I think, is just incredible. It's uh, Heart Shaped Box uh, by Nirvana. All right, here we go. Heart Shaped Box.
There it is. It's a it's a classic. You all know it. Heart shaped box. Rich, this was fantastic. Great yeah. tunes today. Eclectic mix. Um, classic stuff, newer stuff, stuff I've never heard. Every song had heart in it. It uh, these songs help to tell your story for sure. Yep. And I appreciate you uh, sitting down and sharing your experience with heart surgery, uh, pre-surgery, recovery, post, all that good stuff. I think it's yep. gonna. I think it's good. I think it's interesting. I think it's fun. It's not fun, but we made it fun. <laughs> we tried. Yeah, it's not fun. Um, let's do a Glad little to be alive. Let's do a little promoting, Rich. Where can people find you and what you do? Tell us about what Rich does. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm a writer by trade, so that's what I do in the daytime. Um, and then you know, the rest of the time, I'm just uh, hanging out with hanging out with my kids and living life. You can find me on all the social media except for the bird site. I'll I'll pop on there to promote this, of course. But um, and we'll tag and we'll tell that's great um but i'm over on threads by meta it's it's like twitter but good for now uh instagram everywhere and i'm just at rich richmond just i have the greatest name ever so you can find me on pretty much all the socials at my name rich richmond's pretty good it is a good name and hyperbolyfree.com that's my website um i'll uh, post um working on my review for the barbie movie and all right for the taylor swift concerts that i now saw months ago all right <laughs> so. uh, hyperbole.com hyperbolefree.com oh, hyperbolefree.com yeah. sorry it's, about that sorry about there, that you'll find no hyperbole All whatsoever right. you're on good, that good. website <laughs> the uh you you could have been named richmond richmond i could have interesting enough since i was adopted my birth name was richard smith huh. so i went from like the worst name ever to the yeah, best name ever to the best name ever yeah um we are at rock solid show on twitter and on Instagram, um, people have been telling me about threads. I just don't know if I'm going to just move everything over, you know, in the middle of the, I just don't know. I just don't, maybe I will. I don't know. Right now I got a lot on my plate. So yeah. I, I there's know. a couple of rock solid folks over there so far. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to pull the rest of them. I and I think tomorrow Twitter is I think tomorrow's the big day. Like it's changing to X and what it's, I think, something's I think, gonna happen there tomorrow. I think so. I think now's the time to jump if you haven't already. All right. Well, I did. I did. Um, I immediately deleted my personal account when they took the blue checks away because I had a legit blue yeah. check. And I kept saying, if they take that, the only reason I'm there is because that blue check, because I need that validation in my life. But as soon as they <laughs> took that away, I'm like, fuck, I don't need this personal account anymore. Yeah. But uh, I will say, rock solid Twitter account is free of bs and free of i know you know so if you just you know I miss i do miss it yeah if you just read the posts and stuff from uh from my followers it's uh it's it's pretty solid group of people over there so oh, i'm hanging i'm hanging in on there um patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast i'm looking over to my left at the prize stack and i think this week i'm gonna give away the geezer butler autobiographies i'm looking at one two three four i got four copies hardback it's called into the void so that's what we're going to give away so look the way you win prizes is you just support the show for two dollars a month that's 50 cents a week you cheap bastards 
Just do you it. And win. If you win this geezer Butler book, that's that's like a that's like a supporting it for a year. Two dollars a month. Set Just it and forget it. it. It comes right out of your bank account. You won't even miss it. Two bucks. So, support your creators. I I guess everything's a subscription, and I don't like to look at all the little stuff that comes out of my account, but like yeah. You know, I've got about 10 creators that I support on Patreon. It's yeah. easy and it's worth it. Like and you're I, spending time, like you're taking uh, time away from your family. And and I do look, I do love doing it. I understand, but it is, you know, there's a hosting site and there's yeah. equipment there's and expenses. there's time. There's a lot of stuff. And look, but I didn't get in this. I didn't get in this. I did it for five years or six years before I even did a Patreon because, uh, because I love it. And I still love it. Like I love this time with Rich today. This wasn't, I didn't wake up and be like, Ugh, I got to go fucking Rich do Richard. that. <laughs> I, uh, I was out late last night because uh, the kids I work with, because I don't act like a 59 year old, they think that, uh, that I'm not. And so we went, we went out drinking last night and we had, uh, we had all the stuff rich can't eat cheese sticks. And, uh, you know, I had some beers and some mixed drinks. And I got home about 1.30 and then I got up at 7.30 to do this. And here I am. And I'm pounding I'm the Gatorade. I'm loving this new stage in, in, in your life, Pat. It's so, I'm loving it so much. It's so funny. I These, love it. I'm telling you, I don't know how much more I can say, but there's going to be uh, more of these kids are coming on the show. And I just, they don't treat me like a codger. And I just love it. I yeah, Maybe they cool. think I am. Maybe they do behind closed doors. But to my face they're just so uh, loving and giving and fun. And I just, I love working with these kids. So it's awesome. It's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I'm pretty excited, but yeah. Into the void geezer Butler autobiography. I'm going to give away Do I have cool. more than four, one, two. I can't count from here. Uh, five. I'll give away five, five cool. books. That's a lot people. And, and, and the question's easy. It'll be like, what, what instrument does geezer Butler play? It's just some stupid question. <laughs> Anyone can answer it. It's, it's and if you don't know, you can Wikipedia it, and everyone can enter, and we give away stuff. And I love. And that's another thing: the Patreon money goes because I got to ship this to you. Put the address oh. in that email when you put the answer when they send the answer over to you. Yeah. So patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast. Two dollars a month is the tier to win prizes and participate in episodes. And then if you want uh, episodes early, it's five dollars a month. And if you want video content content ten dollars a month whatever all right that's it rich hyperbolefree.com is where you can find rich richmond's writings with that thank you rich uh my best to you and your family we will do a rich richmond's new music picks uh maybe later in the year we got six months left if you tell me you tell me to pop on here send me a zoom invite i'll do it whatever topic let's do it and just answer my email in a timely fashion Will with do. that, with that, this song title is appropriate. It's the Bee Gees. How can you mend a broken heart? Love it. Thank you, Rich. Thanks, Pat. I heart you. I heart you too. I can think of younger days When living for my life Was everything a man could want to do I could never see tomorrow 
stop the rain from falling down How can you stop the sun from shining What makes the world go Still feel the breeze that rustles through the trees and misty memories of days gone by. We could never see tomorrow. No one said a word about the sorrow. Stop the sun from shining